love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. What the world needs now is love. More love. Stars literally aligned. He's always been the one. There's someone out there for everyone. I'm Nancy Regan, your host on the Canadian Love Map. We are on a journey to uncover and share love stories of all kinds. He's never forgotten to bring me flowers. We're hoping we're going to give a little good news to this world. Even in these dark times, the life continues to go on. It's all about compassion, devotion, adventure, and of course, love. Everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs love. This is the Canadian Love Map. Well, love is the most important thing. We need love. <laughs> like, it, it, it's who we, who we are. Like, I don't know these people, but I will, like, send them a DM and be like, hey, I saw your comment. just want to make sure that you're okay. There is a definite sense of love and connection. And I do. Like, I, I am love. I give love every single day. And I show up and I tell, like, I love you. And you're deserving of love. You are worthy of love. And no matter where you are at in your life, you receive love. Today's love story belongs to Caitlin Smith. She lives in Windsor, Ontario, but her community is truly global. A life full of challenges and devastation eventually led her to an unexpected path. Now she shares what she's learned, who she is, and a whole lot of love with hundreds of thousands of people on TikTok. This is the Canadian Love Map. Hi, Caitlin. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having me. You know, one of the true privileges of this job, if I can even call it that, is that I get to hear people's love stories and life stories. And I am going to ask you to set the scene for us right off the top by taking us back to the beginning for Caitlin. How how did you come into this world? <laughs> As a human being on this planet, um, my story is one of many trials and tribulations. I um, was born to teen parents and just right from the get-go was a struggle from poverty to um, being raised in foster care to then, you know, going out on my own at age 16 and then becoming, you know, a young mom myself and getting married and doing the whole thing. My, my life has definitely been very colorful. How old were you when you went into foster care? Six. And I don't want to pry or or trigger you in any way, but can you tell us in general what kind of experience that was? It was very difficult. A lot of um, moving around and abandonment and a lot of feeling just unworthy of love and didn't have a whole lot of self-worth because I didn't I didn't ever receive unconditional love. So it was it was hard. It was just really hard to try and get get by. You know, I was very much under the radar my whole life. And um, 
once I came into this version of myself, I realized how much life I missed out on just by being myself. What do you realize now about your relationship with your mom when you were a girl? I have a lot of compassion for her because she also was never loved as a woman and she was working with the programming and the tools and knowledge that she had been given, which wasn't a whole hell of a lot. It was trauma and she came from a very wounded place. Yeah, I have a lot of compassion for her and I wish that I could somehow tell her that, like tell her that I forgive her, that version of her and um, that I'm okay. Mm. Not that I'm in contact with her or anything. But it's true, isn't it, that when we forgive others, it's as much about what it gives us or maybe more Mm -hmm. than what it gives them. Oh, it's definitely forgiveness is always selfish. Mm -hmm. It's a very selfish act. You, you, You forgive people to let go, to heal, to move forward with your life. It's like pulling a weight behind you, right? If you don't forgive, you can't cut those strings behind you to move forward in such a momentous way. Like it's very, it holds you back. Yeah, you're carrying all that baggage with you. I couldn't agree more. Will you tell me a little bit about the circumstances around you getting married and then having kids? And And part of what I'm curious about is that I know you've been on this evolution evolutionary journey as a human being. And when you talk about that sense of not enoughness that you had as a child and as a teenager, did that inform your choices to marry the person you married and and get into the kind of relationship you did? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. It was almost as if the, the first man that, you know, paid attention to me and gave me love and was the willingness he had the willingness to give me exactly what I wanted which was family was security was safety and love and he 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 provided all of that and I just latched right on and I was like perfect let's do this thing we actually had our son before we got married we did all the things all in one year we had a baby we got married and we bought a house and um I had just turned 20 and I started an entirely brand new life and I was so happy and he just provided, he worked really hard and was always there. He showed up as such an incredible father and role model for our kids. I thought, you know, I hit the jackpot. However, all my worth looking back was contingent on him. It had nothing to do with me. And I didn't even realize that was something that I could cultivate myself until, you know, today. Hmm. Do you feel like you had a sense that you had had the hard part of your life early on and now you were sliding into the easier part or, you know, hoping that that was the case, I guess? Yeah, a thousand percent. Because I had been through so much in my life that I thought, you know what? I'm coasting now, right? you know, I have the husband, the house, the kids, like, I'm living my best life. Little did she know. (laughs) Little did she know. That's when the impending doom would come in in the movie, right? If it was a a Mm -hmm. soundtrack. And I don't want to make light at all because, boy, you've had some very difficult times. Um, Take us through the next chapter, if you would. Um, so I, we ended up, uh, having a daughter, um, shortly after we had our son, um, we named her Jocelyn and that was 
when I thought, you know what, my life couldn't get any better. I was blessed to have a daughter that I wanted since I was 14. I had the name picked out at 14. I knew I was like, I had to have this girl and, um, we were blessed with her and, uh, she was just a gift, such a gift. And, um, her life was taken from us, uh, when she was 17 months old and then my, you know, the shoe fell, you know, you're always waiting for that shoe to fall. And um, I, I just wasn't at that point in my life. I was like, I got it all. I finally cultivated this beautiful life that I've always wanted. And it was taken away from me. She was a perfectly healthy little girl, just unascertained. Uh, no idea why she passed away. But she did teach me so many beautiful lessons in her short time on this planet. And I'm forever grateful for her presence in my life. Well, let's bring Jocelyn into the conversation in a, in a more um, fulsome way then by talking about what she taught you. What lessons did she bring into your life? That's beautiful mm-hmm. the way you say it. Um, to appreciate the littlest things, to see the beauty in every single day. You know, children have this magic about them that they notice the bees and the wind and the grass. And she was very kind. She would share all her things and very uh, bright and bubbly and demanded attention. You know, like anybody that walked into, you know, we had her in um, daycare. Anybody that walked into the center was just like drawn to her because she was so loud and beautiful and bright and fun and there was no fear of taking up space in this world. And I think as women, especially, we have this fear around being too much, too big, you know? And when we're little, we don't have that fear. We're just, we're just being, we're simply being. And um, she definitely taught me to just be and to just enjoy all of the beauty that every, every day has to offer you. Thank you so much for sharing that. It means a lot. And I'm sure, I'm sure even after all these years, it's, it's really difficult because it's such a a deep wound to even consider. What was motherhood like for you in those early years, given that you had not had the experience of, of great nurturing in your childhood? I definitely parented from old programming. I'm not proud of how I showed up as a mother all of the time, but I am proud that I had the awareness like I was aware of my actions. I try to explain this in a way that that kind of makes sense because it's it's like I I knew that I had trauma, but I was still reactive. And there's like this beautiful progression when you start to um, come into your own awareness that the awareness is first eventually, exactly. um, and you're and you're not you're not reactive. But in those early years, I was very much like. I was triggered and triggered and I didn't really understand until after. And then I would come back to it. And then the next time, maybe I was a little bit more quicker to catch that trigger, but I definitely didn't love my children the way that I love them now because of this version of me. But I definitely think that I have um, a very close bond with them. I think that they are uh, very forgiving and we're very open and we talk about things, but I, I wish that I could have had more, of this program that I have now versus that program, it's hard. I'm sure that there are a lot of people listening who are saying, oh, you're telling my story, like me with my hand up right now. (laughs) And I think it's the case that, you know, we don't break 
old patterns or old conditioning without going through that phase where we repeat the pattern and have to catch ourselves doing it. And that is, and then we, that can be really difficult because we can be hard on ourselves. Like, why would I ever want to repeat something that I didn't experience in a positive way? I get that totally. So I appreciate your honesty and, and your vulnerability in saying that. You had another baby afterwards. Is that right? Yes, we did. Yes. Yeah. And that's a rainbow baby. I just learned recently that, uh, do you know that expression? (laughs) Yeah. I just learned that expression over Christmas, (laughs) actually, that a baby who comes after a loss is called a rainbow baby, you know, after the storm. Uh, And where did life go from there? Again, you know, I like I, I had this baby put on my chest and I was like, okay, I'm done. This is it. This is all I needed. You know, I knew in that moment that motherhood had, you know, you know, the kitchen is closed. I'm done having children. Um, and I just, okay, here we go. We're embarking on this new chapter. And he was such a gift. And I cherish every single moment with, I can truly say every single moment with that baby, just because I knew it was my last. I'm so incredibly grateful for him. But then, you know, my life just slowly started to turn again and took a different direction. My husband fell in love with my best friend and had an affair. And here we are again, starting a whole new book. You know, you describe it as a book. And it seems (laughs) to me that in that one line you just said, you just told an entire chapter, that's for sure. How devastating that must have been. I can't even imagine. And also, your kids had to go through more trauma as well because of that, I, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was part of our family, right? Like she was already like incorporated into our life. It was just kind of crazy to be a part, be a part of that. Looking back now, as I reflect on that part of my life, I see it as a gift, as I do most of the things that have happened in my life. It showed me that you never have to beg people to stay in your life, that if people want to be in your life, they will be in your life. And up until that point, up until I was 31 years old, I begged people to stay in my life and I would self-sacrifice and I would do anything to have people in my life. And that betrayal from the two people that I trusted the most, the two people that I loved showed me that it doesn't matter what you do, people will either stay or they will go. And it's up to you to love yourself enough to let them go, let them leave. And I, and I have, you know, like we co-parent really well and our relationship is, is, is good for the, for the kids. Um, but as far as anything outside of that co-parenting bubble, there, no, no, just for my own peace. So when you look back at your journey as a, as a picture, was there a real shift in your path that you can discern then? I really think it was the divorce. Like I, I can see like my path starting, like almost like an awakening happening after my daughter passed away. Like there was a spark and I was just more aware of my environment. Um, but it wasn't until my divorce that I I really started to notice like the wounds within in me and what I had to work on, like the things that I had created in my own life, you know. That takes a certain amount of self-compassion 
in order to look at those things? Is that what mm -hmm. you were going through? Finally giving yourself a break and, and, you know, showing the love to yourself that you were giving out to everybody else? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Therapy, number one, is super helpful. Finally, just taking care of myself, like loving myself, loving all those parts of myself that I had just hated on for so long and truly finding my gifts and my my passion and what lights my soul on fire and following it for the first time in my life, just following it and not caring what anybody else has to say. And there's such such freedom that comes with that. Oh, you don't have to tell me I wrote a book about it. <laughs> I am on the same page, sister. <laughs> so so tell us, take us down that exciting path that you started out on. I wish it was like one of just like glitz and glam, but it's actually really shitty and dark and hard. And I found myself getting stuck a lot. Like I would I would ruminate over things and um circle like spiral a little bit like circle around it circle around it like where is it why can I find it why can I just get to it and um now I, I I try to like explain that to people it's okay to reflect but please don't get stuck because I know what it's like um but I would pull myself out and I would meditate meditation was huge and still is very much a part of my my life now but I would sit with like little versions of me and have like little meetings with like those little versions of me and talk and they would have time to share. And we would talk about foster care and we would talk about the neglect and how me now, me being 35 and sitting with, you know, eight year old me, it's like, well, I'm now 35. You don't need to drive. You can just chill and be a kid. It is so important because those, those versions of you have that programming that drive the, the car sometimes. And they, they don't, an eight-year-old doesn't need to be driving your life. So once they can take a back seat and just chill out and feel safe and loved and nurtured, then this version of me can, can drive the car. And um, I think it's really important to, to do that work as a human, because we all have, I don't care how you grew up, you have trauma. And it's important to sit with those versions of you. So they're not driving the car because you're going to crash. <laughs> like, it's just going to happen. Well, I think all of that sounds really sensible, frankly. And I also think it sounds like you learned to mother yourself. You know, when you're sitting with that inner child, you almost took a role where you were mothering yourself in the way that you had learned to mother through your journey with your kids. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We couldn't share the great stories that we do here on the Canadian Love Map podcast without the amazing support of Charm Diamond Centres. They are Canada's largest family-owned jeweler, and they're proud to be putting love on the map. The folks at Charm Diamond Centres are thrilled to be a part of your love story. So visit CharmDiamondCentres.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. When did TikTok enter your life because this is the this is a, a big uh, chapter now that you are in that is that is probably unexpected or did you manifest almost 300,000 followers did you did you see this in your mind's eye how did this no. start um so shortly after my separation i fell in love and um you know, not being in a very healthy state of mind, I fell in love with someone who took advantage of my vulnerability. And 
it was chaos. He completely shattered my heart. The little bit of heart that I had left and I gave to him, he completely shattered. So I, I, I was really sad. I was in a really dark place. And I just, my first video on TikTok is me crying. And just, I didn't know what to do. And I thought to myself, I can't be the only person. I can't be the only one who has experienced this heartbreak, like this amount of pain. Because now, at this point, now I have I have lost the sense of family that I ever had, friends. Um, I'm a single mom. I'm doing everything by myself. I'm running businesses, and now I lost my partner. And now I'm like, okay, what what, what the fuck am I gonna do? So I posted on TikTok as a way to connect people for me to connect with someone. And um, I just kept showing up. I just kept showing up with my pain, with my vulnerability, with you know, nuggets of information that I was um, starting to gain through my healing. And people were just drawn to that. They felt seen and they felt like they could connect not only with me, but with other people in the comment section, which is what I really love. I love to see in there that they're commenting and they're interacting with each other and they're checking in on each other. And I've created like a community, which I never, I never set out to do before like podcasts or like being asked to be on things. I never paid attention to numbers. I didn't go on there and want to like go viral or anything. I just really wanted to to connect. And at that point, I think I posted about my, um, my divorce and that video blew up. I think there's like, oh, there's millions of views on that, on that video. That's not why I do it. And I, I, I don't really care. I care about the people that I'm I'm reaching and that are resonating with what I'm saying and healing and on the same path and that they're not alone because we're never alone. I know it's a it's a lonely journey, but we're not alone. There's a lot of people that can, you know, sit with you in the darkness that aren't scared of it. A lot of people think of social media as a place to disconnect. And, and that there's a lot of artifice and, and showing off, as it were. But when you really exercise true vulnerability, uh, it sounds like you're discovering that there is an absolute sense of, of connection and maybe even love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. These people, like, care about each other. I care about them. Like, I will DM the people that, you know, I'm connected with. Like, I don't know these people, but I will, like, I will send them a DM and be like, hey, I saw your comment. I just want to make sure that you're okay. There is a definite sense of love and connection. And I do, like, I, I am love. I give love every single day. And I show up and I tell, like, I love you. Like, I, I actually love you. And you're deserving of love. You are worthy of love. And no matter where you are at in your life, you receive love. We need love. <laughs> like it, it, it's who we, who we are, you know. I really believe that people feel it and see it and want it and give it so freely to me every single day. Like I don't know, I don't know these people, and they show up and they shine light and love into my world too, and it's it's beautiful. How can you describe what that gives you? Purpose. That's my purpose. Like I finally am in tune and in alignment with what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. And it feels really good. It doesn't feel like it's coming from a place of ego. It doesn't feel like I'm chasing. Yeah, it just feels good. Like every time I post something, it's always from a place of authenticity and love and caring and truth. It's my truth. In that moment, it's my truth. I just think it's interesting to look back on old videos 
and see how far I've grown. Like it's actually a documentation of like how far I've come in this journey too. It's like a diary in a way, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I didn't think of that before, but it's like looking back into your old version of you, uh, their diary, and reading mm -hmm. what the thoughts were and what the feelings were at the time. Mm -hmm. Where does it go from here? Nowhere but up, baby. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea, but I'm so excited for it. Like, I, I'm just open to all the opportunities and goodness that can come from it. I, I don't really have a plan. I just trust that what is meant to come into my life is going to come into my life. And I've always had this innate sense to share my story and to get my story out there, to inspire people, to show people that even amongst like all of the pain and, and sorrow and, you know, turbulent times, you can come out and you can still be compassionate and still have empathy and still love and still have faith in humanity. Yeah. I was listening to what you said before, and it, it made me think of something that I have said to people, and that is that when I was young, I wanted so much to be loved, and now I just want to be love. And that was echoed in what I heard you say, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yes. What would you say to your 20-year-old self? Well, you do have conversations with her. What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> if you put the, your 20-year-old self in a chair like you have your inner child, what would you say to her? You are going to experience so much love that you're not going to be able to comprehend it until you experience so much pain. It's, it's crazy to feel that way now that I've experienced all the pain. But the love that comes after it and the, the like just for myself, like the love that I feel for myself, it's hard to articulate. Like it's really hard for me to find the words for it. It's just a sense of just being home within yourself. And I hold her very tenderly as she, you know, goes into motherhood and is experiencing that type of love that she's never experienced before. Like you think you know love when you have a baby. Um, what you do, you, you, you do feel that, but it's such a different feeling for when you, you're not looking for that love outside of someone, like you're just looking for it within yourself. Well, my message from my heart is welcome home to pick up on your word of it feeling like home. And I want to ask you about the phrase, good morning, rise and shine. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't like to be told good morning? It just kind of happened again, very organic. I was posting like good morning messages and good night messages because I've been single for a long time and I miss that. I miss having someone tell me good morning and I really miss someone messaging me, telling me good night. And I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do it on the internet. If I can't receive it, I can definitely give it. So that's what I was doing. I did that for a, a long time. I did two. I did morning and good night. The good night ones kind of faded just because, you know, I go to bed at 830. So <laughs> like it's a little, a little weird for me to do it at night. But the good morning ones just stick. I'm very creative in the morning. I feel that that energy and that natural rhythm. So I follow that. And um, I just feel like who doesn't love to hear good morning, like rise and shine, it's going to be a great day. And I'm so incredibly grateful that we get to share this moment together and that you're here and yeah, let's do this thing. A lot of the people in your audience are women 
who resonate with you for probably, you know, really strong reasons. What do you feel about that sense of women showing up for women? Yeah, together we will rise. Together we are stronger. You know, I think society, the patriarchy that we live in has pinned us against each other. It's not a competition. We women are not in competition. If I see something beautiful in another woman, I'm going to tell her that. I'm not envious of that. I'm going to tell you what I find beautiful about you because that's what we're here to do. We are innately beings of love, you know, and we see the beauty and we enjoy beautiful things. But but society has pinned us against each other to fight and to be in competition with instead of rising together. So I love women. I love watching women shine and grow and evolve and become who they're meant to be. And I, I get that support a lot on social media from women. And I give it as much, if not more than I can, because I think it's so important. And we we just don't get it. We just don't get it outside in the real world enough. Like if I see a, a wonderful mom, you know, she's struggling at the grocery store. I'm like, you're doing a great job. Like, look how happy your kids are. It takes me 30 seconds and she's, you can see it. You can see her just change and her vibe change. And I think that's like powerful. Why would, why would we not want to give each other that gift? Mm. You bring to mind the words of a friend of mine I lost uh, several years ago. And she always said, be kind because you can. And yeah. I think you are doing just that, but you're sharing that kindness and love with uh, hundreds of thousands of people. And I just want to say, rock on, sister. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> do you think there is a way in which sharing the love you do with the world has helped you learn to receive it? Absolutely. Because you learn to love without conditions love is not conditional. So I give love with no conditions. Like I don't, I don't expect anything back. And I want to show people that it's okay and safe to love. I think there's a lot of um, reservations when giving love because we are, we are wrapped up in, in safety. Like we're not, we're not sure it's safe to love given the circumstances of our planet. I think it's reasonable. However, it's always safe to be kind and to love and to and to give without hesitation. That's interesting because I think a lot of people would suspect that there would be a lack of safety in sharing such vulnerability with so many people because of the inevitable toxicity that creeps in when you've got that big a pool of people. Has that been a factor for you? A tool that I love to use when it comes to these types of people is block. I don't think twice. All I hit is that block button. Gone. Easy. Right and I think I have more block people than I do followers, to be honest, because I hit that button so much. I don't care if you're going to one negative comment is all it takes. I do not entertain it. I don't question it. It's a no. And you're blocked. And it has saved me so much time because I used to, when I first started, mm. I, was, I would take it to heart. Like, oh my gosh, my message isn't resonating. People are judging me. This isn't how I want to show up in the world. And I would have so much self-doubt that now I'm just like, you're not my people. And that's okay. That's okay. But you do not have the space to share the negativity on my page. So if I see it, I block it. It's It's great. Yeah. And you have to feel your self-worth in order to hold those boundaries. You know, the first video I saw of yours was you talking about a special moment with an older man um, 
a, maybe an elderly man when you were with your kids? Yeah. So, um, I have this neighbor who, um, he's elderly and he takes care of his wife and her sick child who has disabilities. And he's just always so happy and so bubbly. And, uh, he used to carry one Werther's in his pocket. And I found this out because I was talking to him and I was getting ready to go to work and he stopped me. And of course I take the time and we're talking and, uh, he's like, took the time to talk to an old man like me. You know what I have for you? Open your hand. And I was like, okay. I'm like, what is he going to put in my hand? Where is this going? And he like put one little Werther's in my hand. And um, he said, I carry one Werther's and I give it to one person every day. And this was like 7.30 in the morning. He'd already given me the Werther's. And um, he told me that it was just so kind of me to um, stop and share and have a moment with him and to have a great day. And I was like, this is so great for me. I love this. And I just thought it was the sweetest thing. And then I going on going further, I, I saw him again in the uh, downstairs and, um, he was walking really funny. And I, I stopped and I said, Hey, are you okay? Like what's going on? And, and he's like, Oh no, I'm not doing so well. And he stopped and he leaned against the wall and then he just like started crying and, um, just very vulnerable. And I, put all my stuff down and I like put my hands on his shoulders and and I looked at him and um I said well what's going on and he said I'm sick and I don't want to start crying <laughs> I'm not too sure if I'm going to make it and I'm going to leave my wife and her son and um I'm terrified and uh I like held on to his shoulders I wiped a tear from him and I said I love you and everything's going to be okay like it's going to be okay and uh, he said, you're such a nice woman and you have great kids. He's like, I actually have something for you. I'm like, oh, I get the Werther's again today, you know, like I, in my mind. And he pulls out three Werther's and he said, now I carry three because you have such amazing boys. And um, whenever I see them, I like to make sure I have something for them. Ooh. I just, I don't know. You just never know what your kindness and love can do for people. And it is so free. It's something free. It costs me nothing to stand there and talk to this man. Nothing but my time and love. Well, uh, mic drop. I want to say thank you. <laughs> if you had a mic, I would want you to drop it. <laughs> I just want to say thank you so much for the way you're showing up in the world and for showing up on the Canadian Love Map podcast. We're really, really delighted to have you and to share the love that you are putting out into the world. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter. We love sharing love stories of all kinds, and that could include yours. So do you or someone you know have an uplifting tale to tell? Reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram using at Canadian Love Map or email producer at podstarter.io. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map.